Hey, this is the Mark Butler Show, episode 33, and this is another installment of the Bookkeeping 101 series. For weeks now, we've been covering the principles and the concepts behind an effective daily bookkeeping workflow. And if you haven't caught up on all those episodes, you can go to iTunes, search for the Mark Butler Show, hit the subscribe button. The Bookkeeping 101 series starts in episode 27, but there's a lot of other good stuff. So hit that subscribe button and you will never miss any of these episodes going forward. But now that we've covered a lot of the concepts and principles behind effective bookkeeping, today let's just spend a few minutes talking about the tools that we use to do the bookkeeping. If you were to drop into any online forum or Facebook group where a bunch of solopreneurs are hanging out, and if you were to ask, what bookkeeping software should I use or what, what accounting software should I use, you'll get a lot of different answers, and those answers will come from people who are equally enthusiastic about the tool that they happen to be using. What you'll find is that they usually will point to one particular feature that really is their reason for loving that software. So they'll say, I love X software because it has such nice invoicing. I love Y software because it ties into my time tracking tool or whatever. I love Z software because my accountant can access it and see the reports that she needs in order to prepare my returns. It's, it's really handy. So you get sort of these single feature endorsements of these different tools, but you don't ever get an understanding of what you should be thinking about in evaluating any piece of financial software. So today I'll give you my criteria for evaluating financial software coming from someone who's been doing bookkeeping full time for four years now. And I will also tell you that I really don't believe the tool matters as much as the habit. And I believe that the right tool is the one that you will use consistently. And of course, I will tell you what software I use and exactly why I use it. But I'm not dogmatic about software. I just want you to be in touch with your numbers as often as possible And if you're going to do that, it'll have to be inside a piece of software that you don't hate. I don't know that anybody loves financial software. I kind of, there's, there's some software that I do love, but I don't think it's common for creatives and for solopreneurs to say, I just adore my accounting software. So this really becomes an exercise in figuring out which piece of software you don't hate and then forming the habit of using that software often enough that you learn its ins and outs and its quirks so that it never slows you down too much. Now, just by way of quick review, a few episodes ago, we talked about an effective daily bookkeeping workflow, and we talked about how that breaks down to four main steps. Importing transactions into your software, balancing the accounts, which means do the account balances in my software match the online account balances, categorizing those transactions, in other words, labeling the transactions according to the job they performed in the business, and then reconciling your work, meaning reviewing the work you've just done in your bookkeeping, ensuring it's all completely accurate, and then locking that work down so you've marked a point in time where you know that everything is perfect. So if anything gets out of whack in the future, as you're reviewing your work to clean it up, You'll, you'll end up at a point where you can say, well, I don't have to go farther than this because I know that farther than this, everything is perfect because it's reconciled. What we're looking for is a piece of software that makes import, balance, categorize, and reconcile as simple as possible. And as we look at what software makes it easiest to import, balance, categorize, and reconcile, we also have to have an eye on other issues like how easy is it for me to find and fix mistakes in my bookkeeping? 
Does this software produce reports that I can easily pass along to my tax preparer so that she or he can prepare my tax returns? Does this software help me make decisions in my finances going forward? Meaning not just can it help me look backwards at what already happened, but can it help me decide what to do with the cash I have on hand today in order to reach my goals? So to talk about what software is best for you, I need you to envision yourself sitting in front of your laptop ready to start your bookkeeping process. I remember 10 years ago now, buying a copy of QuickBooks for Mac desktop, I don't know, for 200 bucks or some horrible amount of money 10 years ago, opening up the software, looking at the screen and having no idea which way is up or what to do next. I felt like I was floating in space with nothing to push off of. I didn't understand the words that were on the screen. I, there was nothing that said start here. It was, I was completely lost. So the first time you open financial software, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about import, balance, categorize, reconcile, and how to implement that. So the very first thing you'll be thinking about is import. How do I connect my bank accounts to this software? Now, I think I also mentioned in another episode previously that this process of getting your transactions into the software is something that people really feel should be very easy. The idea that, oh, I just connect my bank to my software, I get all the transactions, it's easy. It turns out it's not easy, and it breaks all the time for almost every software out there. The reason being, banks don't want software to do this. They don't want your software to be logging into your bank account on your behalf downloading a bunch of transactions and pulling them into the software. Because they don't want it to happen, it is very difficult technically, and it breaks all the time. So the first thing you want to be looking at with your new software is how do I connect my banks and will my banks even connect? I will tell you the smaller your bank, the less likely you are to have a consistent, reliable connection between your bank and your financial software. The reason being The companies that do this transaction aggregation for financial software, the people who have built these platforms that make it possible for QuickBooks and Xero and and You Need a Budget and all these other financial tools to connect to the banks, they put their focus on the bigger banks because that's where they get the most bang for their buck. Millions and millions of people use Chase Bank and Wells Fargo and Bank of America, whereas maybe only tens of thousands or a few hundred thousand use my local credit union. So... If I bank at a local credit union or a regional bank or my parents' bank or whatever it is, there's a reasonably high chance that there will not be a connection between that bank and my financial software. And if there is a connection, there's a very high probability it will break a lot. That's why when you're evaluating financial software, you have to look not just at whether there's an automatic connection between your bank and your software. You have to look at whether the software has a function that lets you import transactions smoothly, manually. Meaning, export a file from my bank, import it into my software. If you bank at a smallish local regional bank, and the software you've chosen doesn't have a clean manual import function, where you're importing files of your own into the software, if, if those two things are true, your bookkeeping process will be a constant hassle. So something has to give. You either have to switch software or you have to switch banks. If you switch banks, you can go to something bigger, more national, that's going to have a more reliable connection to more pieces of financial software. Or you could just pick up software that makes it easy to import files directly yourself 
and then you don't have to worry about switching banks. It may seem funny or tedious that I'm spending a few minutes just talking about how to get transactions out of the bank and into the software. It seems so trivial. It seems like the least important factor. But the reality is, I'm telling you as a, as a bookkeeper with four years full-time experience, the thing that will make you quit on your bookkeeping habit faster than anything else will be if it's just a hassle to get the data from point A to point B. It's like sitting in an uncomfortable chair. You just don't want to go sit in that uncomfortable chair. It's awkward. It's clunky. You don't want to deal with it. Or if you've got the right connection, if you've got the, an easy workflow to get your data from your banks into your software, that's this comfy recliner. It's just smooth and it won't bother you or bug you to do it. That's the first thing. When you're checking out a piece of financial software, make sure that you can quickly and easily get the transaction data out of your bank and into your software. So the next step after importing your transactions is being able to see a balance. It's being able to see in your software what the software thinks your bank balance is. And then quickly comparing that, whether inside the software or just by having another browser tab open, to your online bank account. So if my software says that my balance is 5000 and in another browser tab I have my bank account, it says it's 5000 then I know that I've got matching data in both places and I'm good to go. This also seems so elementary to me, but I've used a few pieces of financial software where it's really difficult to know what my current balance is in the software and compare it to my current balance online. And again, this is something where if you find yourself chronically frustrated with this comparison, with with being able to check in and say, yes, I know that my data is accurate and complete, you'll get frustrated and you'll quit. So it needs to be easy to get the information into your software and it needs to be easy to see that the information in the software matches the information in the bank. That's the balance step in the bookkeeping workflow. And any software you choose needs to make that smooth. Then we have categorization. Once I've got the data in the software and I know that it's accurate, I need to apply the correct label to each transaction. It's extremely tedious if every time you do bookkeeping for the rest of your career, you're having to apply a category to every single transaction as it comes in. In a perfect world, our financial software has sophisticated transaction rules or, or bank rules. The idea is I want to be able to say, if this is the payee, categorize it this way. Or if this is the payee and this is the amount, categorize it that way. Or if this is the payee and it's in this account and this is the amount, then categorize it the other way. It's just nice when software has sophisticated transaction rules because it lets you do a bunch of work once that makes your bookkeeping a breeze going forward. I've had hundreds and hundreds of transaction rules set up for clients before so that even my clients who have thousands of transactions per month, I don't have to do a lot of manual categorization because I've set up these rules that apply categories to the transactions as they come in, and then I just review them, and occasionally the rules don't work. I might have to change the category for a particular transaction, but the goal is to have my transaction rules cover as big a percentage of my transactions as possible so that when I do my bookkeeping, I log into my software, I do a quick import, I check that the balance matches between my software and my bank, and then I notice that my transaction rules have already applied categories to the vast majority of my transactions. It removes most of the pain from the bookkeeping process. So it's a little bit of work up front to set up these transaction rules. It's a little bit of work during each bookkeeping session to review and correct the categories and maybe add a couple of new 
transaction rules as different transaction types show up. But if the software does a good job of letting me create these transaction rules, it will save me thousands and thousands of clicks over the life of my use of that software. And we're happy anytime we can save clicks when we're using software, aren't we? Of course we are. So in a best case scenario, the software we use to manage our bookkeeping has some sort of transaction rule settings. Some software has really sophisticated transaction rules, like Xero, X-E-R-O, has really sophisticated transaction rules. They're called bank rules in that software. And I love that in Xero. There's a lot of other things in Xero that I really dislike, but they're bank rules. If I could take Xero's bank rules and put them in my favorite financial software, I would be in bookkeeping nerd heaven. But any software that you use needs to let you do something to automate the categorization process because it will save you so many clicks over the life of your, uh, your bookkeeping habit. So that takes us through categorization. And the last thing to talk about is reconciliation. So what I want is a piece of software that will give me a visual cue that tells me here is the point in time, or here is the transaction in your transaction history that represents the border between your unreconciled data and your reconciled data. Meaning I need a visual cue that tells me everything before this point is golden. Everything after this point is still probably correct, but in question. It has not yet been locked down and reconciled. And again, this is just so that when I open my bookkeeping software, especially if I've gotten a little lazy for a few weeks or even a few months, I need to be able to orient myself quickly to my information. I need to be able to say, okay, back as of May 12th, everything was reconciled. It was locked down. I need to get everything from May 13th forward. Perfect. Then I can lock it down and then I can prepare my reports and do what I need to do. We have to be able to orient ourselves quickly to the information because if we don't, we'll always feel dread associated with opening that software back up. And the more dread you feel, the less likely you are to do consistent bookkeeping. So the software you choose has to minimize the dread you feel. And the way it minimizes that dread is by making it easy to orient yourself. What data do I have in here? How has it been categorized? Is it reconciled? Etc. So that takes us through how to look at bookkeeping software through the lens of import, balance, categorize, reconcile. The next thing we have to talk about is maybe even more important because it's the reality that your bookkeeping will break. And the way it usually breaks is either you go weeks or months without doing any bookkeeping and you have to catch up a bunch of bookkeeping at once, or you're doing your normal bookkeeping flow and you can't get your accounts to balance. So you do an import and you notice that your software says that your account balance is 4,426 and the bank says your balance is 4,947. That is the moment where everyone wants to just give up and go home. Because if the accounts don't balance, you have to ask yourself, well, why don't they balance? Well, it means one of two things. Either you have too many transactions, meaning extra transactions in your transaction history, or you have too few transactions in your transaction history. You've got missing transactions. Well, if you have too many transactions, it means that you're either overestimating your income in the business, your revenue, or it means you're overestimating your expenses. And you don't want to do either of those. If you're missing transactions, it means you're, you're either underestimating your expenses or underestimating your revenue. And you don't want that to be true either. You want your bookkeeping to be accurate. So the software you use has to make it as easy as possible to find and fix mistakes. 
And this is the feature that proves to me that the vast majority of accounting software is not made by people who have to do bookkeeping on a day-to-day basis. Because I'll tell you that there's really no accounting software on the market today that makes it easy to find and fix mistakes. I think the software I use is the software that makes it easiest to find and fix mistakes, but even it doesn't do a great job. So just for a few minutes here, let's talk about what it takes to find and fix mistakes in an accounting history, in a transaction history. Number one, I have to have a point in time at which I know the data is accurate. That's back to the reconciliation step. That way, if today is January 20th, and I can go back and say, I know that as of October 1st, everything was accurate, then I know that my mistake has to be between October 2nd and January 20th. So I've at least narrowed my search. Now, my software has to do me a favor, and my software has to make it easy for me to work my way backwards in time, checking to see where the inaccuracy showed up. In order to do that, my software has to display for me a running balance in the account that I'm working with. Let's say it's my checking account. I can look in my checking account online, in almost every checking account I've ever been in, and I can see for every day what the final balance on that day was. I have to have the same thing in my software so that I can say, okay, on January 20th, I know they don't match. What about if I split the difference between January 20th and October 1st, which is roughly, let's say, December 1st? Do they match on December 1st? No. Do they match on November 1st? Yes. Oh, okay. So now I know my issue is between November 1st and December 1st. What about November 15th? No. What about November 22nd? Yes. Oh, okay. Between November 15th and November 22nd, something went wrong. If my software doesn't allow me to easily do that, that process of elimination where I'm looking back in time and comparing balances, then how could I ever correct my account? Unfortunately, in some financial software, the only way to correct this mistake, since there's really no way to go find your mistake and fix it, is to make an entry in that software that says this is an adjustment in order to get the account balance in the software to match the account balance online. That's not a huge deal if it's an adjustment of a dollar, $20, maybe $50. It kind of depends on how big the business is in general. But if you're having to make an adjustment of $1,000 or more, all of a sudden, these adjustments represent a big percentage of your financial statement. And you don't want that because now, again, you're working with inaccurate financial statements. So your software needs to make it easy for you to find and fix that mistake. If you don't have running balances that you can use to check day to day, does my software match my bank balance online? Your only other option is to do big deletes. So you say, okay, I know that everything as of October 1st was accurate. The mistake is somewhere between October 1st and January 20th. Maybe I just have to delete all that data from my software and re-import it, rebalance, categorize, and reconcile. Sometimes that's the fastest way to go, but it would be so much better if your software would make it easier for you to see discrepancies. And if anybody out there listening happens to work on financial software, I'm begging you, create a feature in your software that lets me import a bank statement from my bank and then run a comparison between that transaction history from the bank and my transaction history in the software for a similar period and then show me where they differ. It's called a diff. You're a software developer. You know what that is. Please implement that in your software.
if you don't have a running balance in your software, it's nearly impossible to find and fix mistakes in your bookkeeping. So if you're working with a piece of financial software and you see that in their transaction histories, they don't show a running balance in the account. For me, deal breaker. My favorite financial software, you need a budget in its current iteration does not show running balance, which was very nearly a deal breaker. I almost had to switch software until some benevolent software developer out there created a Chrome extension that implements a running balance in YNAB. And so now I can still use it. I can still fix my client's bookkeeping when it gets out of whack. But I've sat here now and talked about running balances, what, for five minutes? I'm telling you it's that important to the bookkeeping process. Because again, we're talking about using software that minimizes the dread and pain associated with bookkeeping. And if I can't quickly, easily find and fix my mistakes, then I am going to dread my bookkeeping. And if I'm going to dread my bookkeeping, I'm not going to do it consistently, which will cause me to lose touch with my numbers, which defeats the whole point of the software in the first place. So this simple feature, this running balance, so crucial. All right, what about reporting? Well, in the last couple of episodes, we talked about balance sheets and we talked about income statements or profit and loss statements, same thing. Ideally, your financial software will produce clean income statements and balance sheets that you can either export or print and give to your accountant or that your accountant can access directly. Now, ironically, my favorite financial software, you need a budget, does not offer income statements or balance sheets. So what I had to do as a lover of you need a budget for a reason I'll explain in a minute But what I had to do as a lover of you need a budget is build a spreadsheet that takes transaction histories from YNAB and automatically generates P&Ls and balance sheets. So if you love YNAB and you've been frustrated about not being able to get P&Ls and balance sheets out of YNAB, you can either join Let's Do the Books at letsdothebooks.com and get my spreadsheet as part of that program. Or you can email me directly and, and I don't know, maybe I can sell you the spreadsheet or give you the spreadsheet. I don't know. Get in touch with me. We can talk about the spreadsheet. It's really handy. It fills the biggest hole in YNAB's functionality, in my opinion, for a small business user, where it just cleanly converts YNAB transaction histories into profit and loss statements and balance sheets. All right, last but not least. In fact, not only is this not the least important feature of financial software, I think it might be the most important feature of financial software, which is whether or not it helps you make decisions. Now, this whole series has been called Bookkeeping 101. It's setting the table for another series that I've decided needs to happen, which is called Business Budgeting 101. And I don't know exactly when I'll get to Business Budgeting 101. There's a few more bookkeeping topics I do want to cover. But what you need to know is when you're choosing financial software, you need to know whether it will help you understand not only what has happened in the past, but where you might be 30, 60, 90 days from now, what you can do with the cash that you currently have on hand before that cash runs out. Does it help you budget? Does it help you forecast effectively? I use you need a budget because of this feature. I use it because when my clients ask me, how am I doing and how am I going to be doing in the next 90 days? If I were using QuickBooks or Zero or almost any other financial software that I've come across, if I were using any of those, I would not have an answer. I would not have a way to say, here's the cash that we have on hand. Here's the cash that we have on the way. Here's the money that we expect to spend in the next little while. Here's what I think our cash flow situation looks like for the next 90 days. 
And if I can't do that, all I can do is look at historical reports and use historical reports to say, well, here's what we've done in the past. Maybe we need to adjust this. But if someone asks me, can I afford to hire a new team member? Can I afford to redesign my website? Can I afford to sponsor that conference? Without you need a budget, I would have no way to answer that question. In spite of some of its other shortcomings that I've had to plug with spreadsheets and that sort of thing, you need a budget has a combination of good transaction handling, meaning everything I said about import, balance, categorize, reconcile, and find and fix mistakes. It does a good enough job with all of that. I've plugged the reporting hole with my spreadsheet, all so that I can use YNAB for budgeting and forecasting for my clients, which I think is the most important thing in small business bookkeeping. I also use YNAB because I trust that team. They're such good friends of mine. I trust that team to continue to improve everything that I've talked about. I know that eventually they'll implement better reporting. I know that they'll continue to improve all the transaction handling features. But in the meantime, it's the tool that lets me do effective budgeting and forecasting for my clients, which trumps almost everything else. And that's what we'll be talking about in the, in the Business Budgeting 101 series coming up in a few weeks. But for now, use these tools, use these insights coming from a person who has spent thousands of hours bookkeeping to evaluate the software that you might use. I hope it's useful. I hope you have a great week. And I will talk to you next Friday or maybe Saturday. Have a good one.